coming up, would you put your child in row three of an SUV or a people mover if you knew that vehicle did not have head protecting side airbags for that row? And how would you even know that? Well, I just carved up the market, 27 seat SUVs and four people movers and the row three protection offerings there might just surprise you. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap for buyers here in Australia. Website for that, obviously, or you can just click this link now. And of course, I will wait patiently. One of the obvious issues for anyone buying a new car is that when you go to a car maker website, okay, they give you a thousand reasons why their particular shitbox is the best. It's like miles in front every time. And they obscure every known deficiency also. Every good reason not to buy that shitbox is emphatically hidden. Just not addressed at all, okay? So this is two communicational things, right? Talking it up in plain sight endlessly and obscuring by omission every reason not to buy that vehicle. If they didn't put third row airbags in there, they are not going to tell you. So with that in mind, here's a question from Aaron. I'm looking at seven seat SUVs and there's a bunch of folks complaining about the new Kia Sorento model not having third row airbags, probably with good reason. It seems that third row airbags are not tested for by ANCAP and so the manufacturers have one less reason to put them in other than trying to keep kids alive. Yeah, that's all quite true and reasonably fair in my estimation. Technically ANCAP does look at third row airbags, like are they fitted or not, but ANCAP's not regulatory and child safety, like occupant safety in row three is not functionally tested at all, ever, except, I guess, possibly behind closed doors in carmaker R&D facilities, which typically don't leak. But there are no crash test protocols, at least public ones, that I am aware of for row three. All ANCAP is going to say is, yeah, they're fitted, or no, they're not. And you can find this in the technical reports which are attached to each safety rating result at ancap.com.au. But these are in at least three different confusing formats and the information is not consistently presented. It's another ANCAP dog's breakfast, frankly. Hashtag bureaucrats. Interestingly, ANCAP classifies curtain airbag protection as absent for row three if that protection does not extend all the way to the rear pillar holding up the roof. If the vehicle offers like partial protection for row three, as I understand the Sorrento and Santa Fe both do, it gets listed as absent by ANCAP. And all you get there is like a cross instead of an S for standard. Aaron goes on. Any guidance on your favourite Santa Fe, the Kia or other seven-seaters that actually try to protect third-row passengers in a T-bone? It seems difficult to find this information, particularly on the incoming Santa Fe 2021 and Kluger 2021. And are ANCAP paying attention to child safety in the three-row 
market. Just to address those specifics right now, New Santa Fe is essentially New Sorrento from a fundamental engineering perspective, so partial protection there I'm tipping, just like current Sorrento. Current Kluger does offer head-protecting airbags in row three, according to ANCAP, so in my view it would be both insane and highly unlikely for Toyota to walk that back in 2021. So, is ANCAP paying attention to child safety in row three? No, it's not tested as far as I can see. The functionality of any row three crash protection system is not independently tested. Dummies do not go in row three. There's no representative row three crashworthiness protocol at least none that I'm aware of, and I don't know of any that are on the drawing board either. So this week, right, I went through the somewhat laborious process of figuring which vehicles had those airbags in row three. And the only place I know to look for this is at ANCAP, which I kind of philosophically hate to recommend doing it like go to ANCAP, Jesus. Mainly I hate doing this because they're so hopeless at giving you meaningful and easy to interpret safety information today. Pathetic is probably a better word. Like they mash up all testing from 2011 to 2020 and you need to be a friggin' Rhodes Scholar to know how Five Star from 2011 or... 2015, whatever, is a different animal to five-star from last year or five-star this year or five-star friggin' next year. And this is set to get worse, not better. So well done again there, bureaucrats. If you use ANCAP and buy a car based on it being independently rated at five stars, it is very easy indeed, unwittingly, to purchase a car that would be regarded as a safety shitbox today, just because it was tested so long ago and all of those protocols are out of date now. This gobsmacks me as an epic public disservice and, frankly, a betrayal of ANCAP's core mission, which is to inform you personal opinion. Car makers, in fact, are going to start to tell ANCAP to go to buggery pretty soon, I'm tipping. They're just deciding how big their balls are right now and who's going to go first. So that could be quite entertaining, perhaps next year. Stay tuned. Here's another example of that functional hopelessness, just so you know that I'm not being unfair. Last time ANCAP had a rating for a current model Nissan Patrol, was 2017. That was three stars and it was tested back in 2011. So they have not tested a patrol in nine long years and certainly they've never tested the current one. Just like Amarok in the context of how long ago that testing took place and so many other results like that currently on the ANCAP website and yet emphatically out of date. And yet these ratings still reside alongside current models. And you're just expected to know what that means, okay? Against this rich backdrop, they have managed to test a current model LDV D90. And they tested that in 2017, and it achieved five stars. But between the start of 2018 and today, okay, LDV has sold just 1,030 D90s, while Nissan has sold 5,254 patrols. Okay, big difference in the numbers and not altogether unforeseeable. So 
In the domain of keeping people like you informed about the relative safety of vehicles, choosing to prioritise the rating of D90 over patrol, for example, represents a net safety information deficit to the public of more than 4,000 people who bought patrols and have, frankly, no independent safety information about that vehicle, except they know that the predecessor was a fairly emphatically unsafe shitbox. But ANCAP has tested the Land Cruiser 200. Again, not for nine long years. So essentially, no meaningful or current information about how Land Cruiser protects you versus Patrol, which is untested, or versus Fortuna, which was tested recently to a grossly different standard in 2019. And they haven't bothered updating Prado either, which was also tested back in 2011. So if you're in the market for a Toyota SUV and you are trying to figure out which one is the safest, then hey, they're all five stars, but good luck deciphering that. You're going to need it. Like I said, it's a dog's breakfast, right? And ANCAP is a rat's nest of incompetence on this, in my view, failing in its primary mission to inform consumers like you in a meaningful way. And I simply could not locate any information about row three protection in that current patrol. But here are the other results, okay? If you're interested, because you're going to be putting your children in the back or your grandchildren or something in the very back, as we would have said as kids, of that seven seat SUV, right? In people movers, to start with, Kia Carnival, Toyota Grandvia and Honda Odyssey get big ticks from ANCAP for row three protection and row four as well, in the case of the four-row Toyota. But the LDV G10 does not, nor does it manage to offer that side protection in rows one or two, which goes some way, I think, to explaining its pathetic three-star safety rating. Among the seven-seat SUVs now, MUX, Fortuna and Everest manage to offer that row three protection, while Pajero Sport does not. And I am lumping them together because they are all essentially converted dual cab utes. Like, here's your wagon body on the back of the same fundamental architecture as the ute. Land Cruiser 200 also offers you that side protection, as does Prado, Kluger and Nissan Pathfinder. But I cannot tell you about Pajero or Patrol because ANCAP's evaluations there are frankly, hopelessly outdated, and the technical reports do not include this critical information. LDV D90, yes, for row three. Also in the yes column are Honda CRV, Mazda CX-8, and CX-9. The entrants which either fail to offer this protection or only offer it partially are X-Trail, Outlander, Santa Fe, Sorento, the Ford Endura, and Sanyong Corando. But I can't tell you about the Rexton because it has not yet been tested by ANCAP. Please bear in mind, okay, that the no results here include vehicles with partial protection for row three in some cases where the curtain simply does not extend all the way back to the E-pillar. No way to drill down into the who's who of all of that, sadly. So, 24 vehicles in total, nine in the no column from ANCAP, and a couple of unknowns. 
Before I let you go on all of this, I honestly can't tell you if this is a meaningful metric about whether or not to buy a particular vehicle, like a go or a no-go decision, such as, does it make sense not to buy that vehicle if it lacks this protection? In isolation, it's probably a poor way to choose a vehicle. Like if you're gonna choose it solely on that criteria, then you're probably making a mistake because there's context and nuance, right? Pathfinder, for example, has that protection, but it's a shitbox, just as an example. It's got a space saver spare tire, adding insult to risk management here in Australia. Like a big fat vehicle like that, running on a space saver at night on the freeway at 80 k's an hour with the traffic coming up behind at 110, in the rain, fully loaded on the way back from holiday. The term safety liability springs to mind and the danger of that proposition probably outweighs the additional safety offered by that curtain airbag for row three. At least it does in my view. I don't know how many people actually die or are injured in row three either. And I don't know the modality of their injuries. And I don't even know where to find this data or if it exists. I can tell you only 27 children aged from newborn to 16 died on the road in the six months from April to September this year. The population, 25 million people. Clearly, these deaths are all tragic in isolation, but they weren't all sitting in row three, and some were probably pedestrians, and some were probably the victims of parental incompetence, such as failing to be restrained by drunk parents or some sort of tragedy of that nature, over which they had no control, because their kids and parents are supposed to know better than to drive when drunk and drive with unrestrained children in the back, right? And yet this sort of thing happens all the time. So, transport injuries, which is not just cars, but probably mainly cars, given the way we do business in Australia, Transport injuries hospitalise about 19,000 children every year, and in perspective, falls are roughly double that number, and other is the largest official category of child injuries, thanks very much bureaucrats, totalling about 50,000 annually for other. Climbing a tree, playing at the beach, or riding a bike or a skateboard, all the good kid stuff, right? probably all more dangerous activities than riding in row three of a car with a capable, responsible driver at the helm. I'd also want to know if side impact injury is even a major thing in row three, because if the modality of injury there is mainly from rear-enders, we would clearly be better off focusing on structural protection and controlled crumpling to the rear. I think you'd agree. It may well be that side curtain protection is something of a sideshow for row three. In the absence of the data, how would you even know? It might be like wearing Nomex lingerie every day, just in case you were to combust spontaneously. Such a risk. I guess it depends on how intrinsically hot you are. So, basically, I'm saying an SUV with head protecting curtains for row three is better than one without if all other things were equal, which they never are, clearly. So there is nuance and context to all of these issues. It's hardly a binary proposition, like no protection back there, I'm not buying it. And we don't even know how big or small the gains may be if these systems were to be mandated 
unfitted and tested independently, which they are certainly not going to be anytime soon. We don't even know what the main risks are if you are sitting in row three at any age. I suspect it's danger from the rear, given the proclivity of distracted shitheads to run into the car in front. I would certainly take this issue into account when choosing a vehicle, but it wouldn't be one of those go or no-go decisions for me. It'd be one factor among many for consideration at best. 